This is a GRDC podcast. A survey of farmers in the low rainfall zones of southeastern Australia indicated controlled traffic farming was not a system that most could adopt. Then something happened over the next four years and it gave farmers a lot to think about. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. The survey was done at the start of a research project that ran from 2014 to mid-2019. The project was initiated by GRDC's Southern Region Low Rainfall Zone Regional Cropping Solutions Network. The RCSN's concern was, were low rainfall farmers missing out on a good opportunity to improve crop production? Some of the reasons survey respondents gave for not believing CTF was a good fit were the high cost of buying new machinery, their soil types weren't suitable and restricted traffic lanes wouldn't work on their farming systems. With GRDC investment, the project got the go-ahead and senior scientist with the South Australian Research and Development Institute, Nigel Wilhelm, a farming systems specialist, led the research. I asked Nigel, is the concept of controlled traffic farming clearly understood by everyone? No, it's one of those topics where there seems to be a really wide perception about what that is. Uh, The strict definition, the one we used in the project to investigate it, is that controlled traffic farming is driving your heavy vehicles on the same wheel tracks every time you're in the paddock. And you can go back to those wheel tracks every time you're in the paddock. It's no more, no less than that. It's not about your rotation. It's not about your stubble handling system. It's not about your crop choice. It's how you drive vehicles in the paddock. So after surveying growers, where did the project really kick off? Look, it had, had many components, but the two, two major ones, I suppose, is we started a series of plot trials done in farmers' paddocks across low rainfall southeastern Australia, looking at typical soil types and environments for low rainfall farming in southeastern Australia to look at the impact of trafficking on crop production. The idea behind that was if we could document how much crop production is affected by heavy trafficking, then the flip side of controlled traffic is that those penalties should be foregone or recovered in a controlled traffic farming system because you're not driving heavy vehicles on the cropped area anymore. So that was one major component. The other one is that we were surveying commercial paddocks and looking at crop production on wheel tracks and off wheel tracks to look at what's happening out in commercial paddocks in terms of the impact on crop production Again, to try and estimate what would happen if you move to a more confined trafficking system and avoiding those crop losses under wheel tracks, some of those wheel tracks. As the lifetime of the project started to unfold, what were you starting to see? I suppose the picture that started emerging is one, low rainfall environments are different. Two, overall, we're seeing similar benefits to what the medium and high rainfall farmers are getting, but the benefits are smaller. That's partly because crop production levels are a lot lower, so the returns per hectare tend to be lower. But it does seem something intrinsic to the low rainfall environment that taking those heavy vehicles off the cropped area is producing crop production benefits in some areas, but those benefits are a lot smaller than what we've seen in high rainfall or medium rainfall zones. And it seems also true that the engineering on the operational side is similar. We're getting benefits in fuel efficiency, so decreased fuel usage per hectare, but again, the benefits are smaller. And we think that's because sandier soils are more typical of the low rainfall zone, 
where controlled traffic is most common and, and mo most widely adopted is on very heavy soils and they respond better to these compacted, you get better fuel efficiencies on these compacted roadways in these very heavy soils. So the crop production aspect of it then, were you uh, expecting the results that you got or were they surprising to you? I think both. Um, I suppose we went into it thinking, well, they're getting benefits in high rainfall or medium rainfall systems, surely wheat's wheat, surely we'll get something similar in the low rainfall. And in some environments we did. So what we found is the area, the situation that responded or was, le was most affected by heavy trafficking is on deep sands. So where we drove a heavy vehicle on damp sand, we got severe crop penalties in crop, produ in crop production. However, on some of what we call our heavier soils for low rainfall, which is still fairly sandy by world standards, um, they could travel, crop production wasn't affected by heavy trafficking. So, and that was a surprise that you could drive a 30 tonne loaded vehicle across a damp soil at Minipa, which was one of our case studies, and wheat production after that was the same as if you hadn't driven on it. That was surprising, but is consistent with farmers' reports from there that they say, well, my crop seems as good as behind the wheel tracks as in the rest of the paddock. When we look at the advantages or, or disadvantages in terms of yield gain or yield loss, uh, do you have numbers that you can reflect on at this stage? Look, we do as guidelines. Obviously, we can't cover every situation, but where we did the surveys of the commercial paddocks and looked at crop production on and off wheel tracks, and you do the sums of sort of what would that mean to hold paddock production, we came up with a figure of 4%. What's the 4% mean? It means that if you move from the current system of a semi-controlled traffic, which is what most farmers are in now because they're on auto steer, to a full control traffic system, which means they reduce their footprint on the paddock by a half to two thirds, we'd expect overall they might get a 4% increase in crop production across their farm. Overall, we've got this 4% average. Um, nobody gets an average, so what does that really mean? Um, if you've got sand, deep sandy soils on your property, we'd expect that benefit to be much higher than that. Down in the flats between those sand hills, that 4% might drop back to zero. We're getting very little benefit from removing trafficking on those medium textured soils in the low rainfall environment. So it's going to average, you know, it's going to be different in different parts of the farm. There are some environments where it looks like the soil carries that heavy trafficking very well, and we don't see a benefit of removing that in crop production. Does that mean controlled traffic farming is a waste of time? It still isn't, because there's still that operational side that I, I mentioned before. There may be times when you can get on the paddock early because you've got compacted roadways, which means you might get better weed control or you might be able to harvest the crop before another rainfall event damages it. Those sort of occasional things can happen because you've got that set up in place. For those that have, have very sandy pad, uh, paddocks and farms, then they can expect you know quite substantial benefits in crop production. 4% might double that in terms of an overall crop production thing. There are some growers in the low rainfall zone who have decided to partially adopt controlled traffic farming, but really is part adoption something that you would suggest is worth considering or recommending? It is a system that you can implement incrementally and, and take your time at it. 
Um, and also, I suppose we need to acknowledge that a lot of farmers are partially in controlled traffic now anyhow, with auto steer tending to match boom spray and cedar width. So that, that starts confining the heavy trafficking to restricted parts of the paddock anyhow. So we're well on the way. Um, and also it pertains, I guess, to this varied perception of what controlled traffic farming is. So there's certainly people who believe controlled traffic farming is about bare wheel tracks. Unless you've got bare wheel tracks, you're not fully controlled traffic. That's not the definition we use. We're quite happy to have, and in the low rainfall farming environment, we'd expect you to have sown wheel tracks because erosion is certainly an issue on those wheel tracks. And that does undermine some of the benefits of controlled traffic because you are cultivating those roadways which you're trying to compact for fuel efficiency issues. But that's a compromise we need to accept in low rainfall in farming environments. And certainly you know, another response we often get, I guess, from farmers and advisors is, oh, it's too expensive. I've got to buy all this new machinery to implement controlled traffic. I don't see the incentives are worth it. I guess our response is that's not the model we have in mind. It's not going out and buying a new suite of machinery that matches axle widths and swath widths. It's taking incrementally, as you suggested, and every time you change your machinery, which you're going to do anyhow, then you change it to a, a setup which will fit into a controlled traffic system. So it's only the marginal cost of choosing a cedar width which you might not have chosen on the open market. So it's, it's not the cost of the cedar, it's just the marginal one of choosing a model or a width to fit into your system to get that full controlled traffic benefit. And you can do that over time. So coming back to overall pros and cons of controlled traffic farming in a low rainfall zone, what's the weight, what's the balance? Look, I think overall the balance is positive. On the operational side, we do get gains in fuel efficiency Occasionally you'll get some timeliness issues. That's often not a major factor in low rainfall environments, but occasionally it is too wet to get on there, but roadways might make the difference. So that's a positive which happens occasionally. On the crop production side of things, there are some environments where it won't make much difference. There's some where it'll make a small difference and those differences are positive. So overall, it's not a loss. It's, there's no such thing as a free lunch though. There are consequences of going to control traffic where you might not have the freedom to do everything you want to do. What are some of those? Um, I guess the most obvious one that occurs to me is if, if your crop has lodged or sagged to one way and you want to harvest it in a different direction, control traffic says you should avoid that if you can. If you want to angle sow because you're worried about getting through stubble, again, that shouldn't be done in a control traffic farming. Can you make an exception occasionally? Absolutely. Um, but it's, it's going to undermine some of those long-term benefits, but you're probably still going to be in he ahead. So yes, it's positive. Are the benefits massive? No, they're not. Are they positive? Yes. So another compromise that farmers will face when they're in control traffic is the issue of growing hay. Increasingly handy option when you are managing grassy weeds, etc. If you want to cross-sow that to get a better head of row standing up for, for hay. Again, that's not something you should be doing in a controlled traffic or it's an exception you might have to make. It's another compromise. So there was a survey conducted at the beginning of the project, but also one at the end. That's right, yes. Yeah. So we certainly wanted to see how farmers' attitudes and what their awareness of controlled traffic had been, had it changed since we started the project. 
and where their interests were. And the findings from that survey is that there's a lot of interest, a lot of awareness now of, of controlled traffic. And a lot of the farmers who responded sort of were confident they knew more about controlled traffic farming than they did previously and felt they were in a position to make a decision about it. And that decision might be, it's not for me, but at least it's a better informed one according to the survey. So we're quite pleased to hear those results. What happens now with all the data that you've been collecting? Well, we've been sort of promoting that through industry events, etc. but I guess what will come out from the project is what we're calling a user guide to controlled traffic in low rainfall farming. So it's going to capture the findings from the project. And it'll be a place that farmers and advisors can go to and say, well, what are the pros and cons? What, how, how have other, there's eight or 10 case studies in that of farmers that have put it in place and what their experiences are. And there's some guidelines about if you were to go control traffic farming, what are the major principles you want to keep in mind as you implement across that farm business. Nigel Wilhelm from SADI, a division of Primary Industries and Regions, South Australia. And the findings and outcomes of the controlled traffic farming in low rainfall zones project will have application beyond South Australia and Victoria, some of WA's sandy soils and some of Western New South Wales' deep red soils are similar to the soils at the project's trial locations. And the user guide Nigel mentioned is now available and can be viewed and downloaded from GRDC's website. I'm Tony Crowley. This is a GRDC podcast. Thanks for listening.